0: Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Michael, the Sox are back. Knock on wood.
1: I'm Michael McGinnis. Ah, uh, the Yankees have a better record than the Sox, and we still have 13 inter players.
0: So. And man, it is a long season. I'm giving you, I give you all credit, but it's still a long season. All right, boys and girls, back with me today is the super Yankee fan, Mr. Michael McGinnis. <laughs> On today's episode, Kyrie disappears, Joel Embiid reappears, and Damian Lillard continues to duel with Nikola Jokic. But we begin today with the injury to one Kevin Durant. KD suffered a mild calf strain in Game 5 of their series with the Rockets, and his playoff status is in doubt. The Warriors are lucky if it's not a torn Achilles, Michael. Now can Golden State win a championship without their best player?
1: Uh, I think that it's possible, but my guess is they're probably going to make it to the finals and get beat by uh, either the Bucks or the Raptors or the
0: Sixers. So that's simple. You just think that you think that if the Warriors make the finals, which I'm not sure they will if Durant doesn't play a full seven-game series against against Damian Lillard or Jokic? Can you imagine? There's no chance that the Warriors win without Kevin Durant. Zero. Well,
1: uh, the thing is that this team looks a lot like it did before they got Durant. The only problem is that they don't have some of these key pieces like, say, Harrison Barr. They don't
0: have that bench anymore. They don't have them. Uh, yeah. Nobari Spates. Well, their bench Spates. looked really good last night. But
1: their
0: bench their bench looked great last night. Looney played what? great. Livingston looked great. Heck, even Jonas Jurebko, a former Celtic, looked great. So, yeah, but this I don't believe they can replicate before. that, though.
1: This is my key for the Warriors, and it was a perfect example of what happened last night. They need their bench to come through. They need one out of their two shooters to come through. And obviously last night, Clay had the first half, Steph had the second half. And then they also need some help from the refs to win the
0: game. That's my opinion. And they need help from Draymond Green, too. He had a good first half. I mean, he kind of disappeared offensively in the second half, but it ended up not mattering. Yeah, but against is. against Damian Lillard, against Nikolaj Jokic. It's going to matter. I mean, it didn't, uh, obviously, for
1: a game in one quarter, it didn't matter against James Hart, Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and P.J. Tucker. And uh, I, I think that the Rockets are better team and the Nuggets are the uh, trailblazers. So I don't think it's necessarily going to matter against uh, Nicole Jokic, who I don't think is as good as some of the players the Rockets have, or uh, Damian Lillard, who I don't think is as good.
0: Jokic Do- think- and Lillard would both be the second-best player on the Rockets.
1: That's true, but the Rockets still have
0: a better player. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a better system, too, than those two teams. But I think when they come up against a team, say, like the Sixers or the, uh, or, uh... Milwaukee. Uh, or Milwaukee, that have, either Milwaukee has a really great system and a better player than probably Curry. I would say
1: Jans is Brandon Curry. Uh, or they have the 76ers that have four, like, amazing players, and, uh... Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I don't think it's gonna be very close.
0: Well, Michael Wilbon It's called the Sixers starting on at the best in the league. Yeah, they have a really good starting line. No, they, they they do, the but, s- but the Hamptons Five can't Oh wait, no, they're yeah, getting Hamptons Boogie they're getting Boogie Cousins back. Cousins
1: back. Yeah, but the, the Hamptons five doesn't exist without Kevin Durant.
0: They have Boogie Cousins now.
1: Yeah, but the Hamptons 5 doesn't exist without Kevin Durant.
0: So I don't know, man.
1: I just saw that a few minutes ago, too. But your cousin's back. Alright, well. Uh, Whatever befalls, it's not 2016 anymore. Despite the absence of, D- of Durant, Houston Rockets saw their season come to an end uh, at the hands of the Warriors. As Golden State won 118-113 uh, in Houston. It's four time in five years, I like Golden not say it's Houston. Leon, yeah, what's next for the Rockets?
0: I think Daryl Morey really needs to examine his roster this summer. Because they, for two consecutive years, and four times in the past five years, they have been trying to beat this team, and they have failed every time. The, the one constant to all that is James Harden. Harden is the only player that's been with the team for all four of these defeats, unless I'm mistaken. So, if I am Daryl Morey, I am questioning... Who do I need to build around him? I think that the Rockets need Trevor Reza back. I think the Rockets wouldn't mind getting Luke Mbamute back. More of the pieces from last season rather than this season. Because last season's Rockets would have destroyed Golden State without Kevin Durant. And they just didn't get it done last night. I think if you're the Rockets, you have
1: a lot of hoping and praying to do. I think that you gotta hope and pray that Chris Paul doesn't regress too much. Um, you gotta hope and pray that the uh, the money that kicks in on uh, on both Chris Paul, three million dollars added, and James Harden, seven million dollars added to their contracts this upcoming season, uh, doesn't try and turn away players and gives you enough room, despite eleven million dollars leaving out of Mont Shepherd's contract. Uh, you just gotta hope that uh you can get some more wings. You gotta hope Daniel House progresses.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, you gotta
1: you gotta hope that Clay leaves, and Durant leaves, and Buddy Cousins leaves.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot of hope, thing and praying going on for the Rockets.
1: Tony like, got to hope Jimmy Butler leaves. Or to buy, uh, is not Tobias Harris still under contract? No,
0: I think I think you he's a rest- I think he's a restricted free agent. Also. What?
1: Gotta hope too if I'm leaving
0: Philadelphia. Also. Oh, I, oh, absolutely. You got. I'd say you also have to hope Kyrie Irving leaves in Boston.
1: Yeah.
0: And. That's we'll talk a, more that's about that, that later. Because
1: Boston almost, I'm pretty sure they had a better record without
0: Kyrie. I I think they did too. Now. Yeah. I think that. I think that one, if not both, of Clay and Durant will leave Golden State this summer, along with Boogie Cousins. So I think there is a lot of hoping and praying going on for the Rockets right now, and they they still need to examine their roster. No questions asked, but
1: yeah, but what can you really change? You have over eighty million dollars committed to two players, and you can't get out of this contract.
0: Yeah, you can't change anything.
1: I mean, I mean that's shown that I mean, it's pretty obvious that D'Antoni is the, uh, probably the best coach for Harden. Uh, so you can't really do anything there because that
0: just looks stupid. Yep. He's been better with D'Antoni
1: than he was with Kevin McHale, J.B. Bickerstaff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, whatever the guy's name was in Oklahoma City. Like, something. I don't even know what his name was.
0: Um, I mean, it is a shame that the biggest series of the year didn't go to seven. Now, let's get on to my touchy subject. My Boston Celtics disappeared after routing the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1. Kyrie Irving shot 25 for 121 over the last four games which runs out to 31% shooting, which is awful. Mike, a while ago we talked about how Kyrie said, at a fan fest, if you guys have me back, I'd play on re-signing here. Though at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if Kyrie leaves. What do you think will happen with Kyrie this offseason?
1: Um, I think he's going to get a lot of contracts for a lot of different teams being a point guard. I think that... Uh I think that the Knicks will give him an offer. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers or Clippers gave him an offer. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Nets gave him an offer. And uh, actually, a wildcard team wouldn't be surprised if the Suns gave him an offer. So I think that he's going to find a team that's a good combination between City, uh, stability in the front office, and fit. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he left the Celtics, to be honest. No we're I, I, no we're we'll we'll I. Not we'll not I wouldn't be shocked if the Celtics didn't even worry about him leaving.
0: And I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't mind him leaving either. Here's what I think the Celtics should do this summer. I think they should trade Marcus Smart, Aaron Baines, and one of the Brown-Tatum duo for Anthony Davis. I think that the Celtics should re-sign Marcus Morris. And I think that the Celtics should bring back Isaiah Thomas. That creates a starting lineup of Isaiah Thomas... Either Brown or Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Anthony Davis, and Al Horford.
1: And that's still a really good lineup.
0: Yeah, it is, and I think those five can work together because well, there's okay. no miserable Kyrie Irving anymore.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the only problem is is that when are you gonna get the same Isaiah Thomas that you got before he was an MVP candidate before I got straight to the Cavs. Are you going to get the same uh, Gordon Hayward that he was when he was still on the ja- uh, on the Jazz, leading up to deep runs in the playoffs? You're going to get the same uh, Horford that he was when uh, he was on the Atlanta Hawks, leading deep into the playoffs. And uh, as Anthony Davis is going to stay the exact same now. that he has three other players that are, or four other players, because Jason up needs shots too that are going to be around him.
0: I but, think that this year was a big learning experience for Brad Stevens and. I think he's going to take it into account next year when devising his game plans.
1: I mean, if it's a learning season for Brad Stevens, isn't a little early to say that. It have been a little bit early to say that Brad Stevens was like a great coach already in the NBA.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it was quite a season for the Celtics. Yeah. After this rain for after this rain for a variety
1: of reasons, in Game Four and Five, Joel Embiid wrote a uh, forty plus forty rating as the 76 Sixers forced a Game Seven in Toronto, Liam. Which, which, which Embiid? Which do you expect to show up tomorrow? Uh, and who to win?
0: I really don't know which Embiid <laughs> I expect to show up tomorrow because we have seen throughout the playoffs Joel Embiid has his lousy games and his spectacular games out of nowhere. It really is out of nowhere, and I think that the Sixers are going to win regardless of which NBA shows up. I think that Kawhi Leonard is still going to have a beastly game, but I think guys like Siakam and Lowry will fail to show up. I mean, I talked about it all the time last week with DJ Nussbaum about Kyle Lowry. This is the game of the Toronto Raptors' lives, or at least most of them. Not Kawhi. This is the game of Kyle Lowry's life, This is the game of C. Alcum's life. This is the game of Serge Ibaka's life. This is the game of a lot of their lives so far, and I just don't know if they can come through. I'm taking Philly.
1: Alright, well, I gotta ask you. Has Kyle Lowry ever showed up in a Game 7 of a playoff series?
0: No. Because I don't think he's played in one. Because they normally get swept.
1: Look, the Raptors are probably going to get beat. That's my opinion. But I think Joel Embiid is going to go off. Just because, like, look, he's... Uh, Jonas Valanciunas versus Joel Embiid, it's not really a fair game because Joel Embiid's probably the best center in the league now. He can shoot threes.
0: No, no, no. They I'm traded up. Valanciunas. It's Marcus Gasol now.
1: I'm um, so... Uh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Marcus Gasol. And it's basically the same thing defensively. You have... Uh, I, mean, I guess you would say Marcus Gasol is probably a better passer and shooter definitely than Valanciunas. But uh, defensively, it'll yeah. be the same thing. Uh, Joel Embiid will probably dominate uh, down low. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be much competition down there. It'll just depend to see it'll depend on if Kyle Lowry shows up and if they can uh, get enough work out on the perimeter to make uh the 76ers pay for.
0: I expect Jimmy Bowler to have a big game too. Yeah. yeah and,
1: I just don't I don't expect much right now from the Raptors other than uh Kawhi Lowry to carry them and I think that with all four players ready to go in game seven, I don't think that it's going to be very a very good game. or a very close game. It's hard to
0: expect anything out of them, given their history. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, because of all these expectations we have or don't have, it's going to be quite an interesting showdown. Another interesting showdown, Portland and Denver. After losing games 4 and 5 in the playoff series that time for God is called by many, Portland won game 6 at home to force game 7 in Denver. Nikola Jokic continues to enjoy his coming out party. And Damian Lillard is proving he is big time. Mike, who do you have winning this game? Um,
1: you know, I've seen Damian Lillard close out a couple of series. Keep in mind, the one against the Rockets a couple of years ago.
0: Um, and then the one against the OKC. Yeah, and the one against OKC. Yeah, that was an even
1: better one. But uh, I think that with Jokic... He's, uh, I feel like he's just more of a passer, and I think that the real. Ba- I think the real thing is will. Uh, will be Jamal Murray who's able to do something about Damian Lillard, and and that even if Jamal Murray does, does C J McCollum then work the load. So I don't think I don't. I don't really see Denver winning this game, but I think that they have. A, I think there's a possibility they do. I think that they they have a deeper bench than uh, the Trailblazers, but. Uh, honestly, I
0: think that the Blazers will win this game and then go on and get beat by the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. I think that the Denver Nuggets are going to win this game, actually. A week ago, I was saying that after the four-overtime game that Denver didn't really have much hope of beating Portland on the road. I was wrong. Denver proved to me that they could beat this team. They won games 4-5. and They lost game 6, which is understandable because it's hard to win two straight road games in the playoffs, particularly against a team like Portland. But I expect Nikola Jokic to be in full beast mode. I expect a triple double. I expect 30 points from Jamal Murray. I expect the Denver Nuggets to win this game.
1: Yeah, but even if, all uh, right, I mean, even if Nikola Jokic uh, getting a triple double on Damian Lillard and I, I, Jamal Murray is scoring 30 points, you have to wonder what uh, is going to be going on on the other side. Uh, Damian Lillard could easily score thirty. A lot easier than Jamal Murray could. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 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 even CJ McCollum could put up thirty. Uh, way easier than uh Jamal Murray could as well. So we'll see what's uh, gonna happen. I, I still think that the Blazers will win. Uh, they have more firepower, in my opinion.
0: I mean, we'll see. Game's at two thirty tomorrow on ABC. But make sure you focus on your mother first. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. Alrighty, yeah. it's time to play in your shoes. Where we will be placed. In the figure issues of an important figure in a revolving topic. We'll start with this. If you are an MLB analyst determining play of the week, which ridiculous catch wins? Kevin Pillars? Ramon Morianos? Jackie Bradley Jr.'s, Or Josh Reddicks?
1: Josh Reddicks just because he saved the game. I think that, I don't know if Josh Reddicks was the best catch, but I think that it had the most meaning behind it. He robbed a home, in case you guys don't see, Josh Reddick robbed a home run with two runners on base. Uh, in the ninth inning, would have would have put them down. They are up by two. So if this home run doesn't, if he doesn't catch this ball, there, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the
0: Rangers. They're up five to two. Uh, they're up five four. Yeah. So he, uh, if he doesn't catch that ball, they lose the game. So, or uh,
1: they, they have a. We we gotta see what happens. They probably lose the game.
0: And um, not to mention, he, he did it with down. those stormy conditions in Houston. I mean, I saw on CBS Sports that rain was coming out of the roof. Yeah. I saw that as well. I mean, you made a point about saving the game, then you're, discount, you're disregarding my guy, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s catch, because he robbed a walk-off home run. He, his catch was better than Josh Reddick's. It would have been a walk-off home run. Don't forget, the Astros still would have had a chance in the bottom of the ninth to make up those that run. So, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s catch saved the game in a way more impactful than Josh Reddick's did. And it was a better catch. It's Jackie Bradley Jr.'s. I oh,
1: don't know. I just I thought I I saw Josh Reich's catch. I thought that no, no.
0: I Did it. you I see Jackie's better, catch? I
1: liked it better just because the situation, the scenario. There's barely any fans in the stadium because they are all coming out for flooding. Uh, I mean, there was rain pouring down on the roofs, right over right field where he was. Uh, so I don't know. I I thought that I just kind of thought that the environment, the feeling of Josh Reich's catch was a lot better. Anyway, uh next up, if you're LeBron James, do the events of this past week, whether it be Tyron Luce, whether, whether it be the Tyron Luce situation, or fans riding outside the sta- Staples Center discomfort you?
0: Absolutely they discomfort me. It tells me that I am not the boss, which I need to be, and it tells me that my fans are not behind me, which they need to be. LeBron James is in a terrible situation in LA with Magic gone, with... Tyron Lue declining the job. They're in a horrible spot. Tyron Lue was the guy LeBron wanted, and we saw how that turned out, so LeBron's in a terrible situation. It's very discomforting for him.
1: No, I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was LeBron James. You already have nearly a billion dollars in the bank, and if, uh, and, I mean, if it's just another frustrating year for your team, who really cares because you're above them? Uh, And the way that you're already, you could walk out of the NBA right now, be considered the second best player of all time.
0: And uh, still your Hollywood career.
1: Yeah, and still have your Hollywood career. So I think that if LeBron James and the Lakers suddenly are really good, he'll play really well for them. But I think that if if they're not, it'll be the same thing as last year, where it'll be uh, clutch sports and whatever else is going on in his life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well... Next, if you're Dallas Keuchel, when do you give in and accept a contract smaller than what you're expecting? Uh, after,
1: the, after the team that signs him doesn't have to go up a pick, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I I agree with you completely there, because at, it's after the MLB draft. And for both Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell to go unsigned for six months now since the end of the year is just... It's shocking and terrible for Major League Baseball, and they've got to fix it somehow this summer. And if I'm Dallas Keuchel, I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting until after the draft.
1: All right, last one. If you're Pelicans exec- if you're the Pelicans executive vice president, uh, vice president of basketball operations, David Griffin, uh, what do you do uh, to try and lure Anthony da- Anthony Davis back?
0: Trade up for the number one pick. I want, if I was Anthony Davis, I would want a superstar on my team, like which Zion Williamson is going to be. He's going to be a superstar. I expect him to win rookie of the year by a wide margin. So if I'm David Griffin, I need that first pick. I think it'll be tough to get from New York, but if I'm David Griffin, the first pick is the key to getting a D-back.
1: I think Zion Williamson's the best talent in the draft, uh, but I, I think that there are going to be some guys that'll hang with him as part of his class in the NBA. But I think that if I, I don't think they have to trade up to lure to lure Anthony Davis, but, um, I think that first off they should just trade him because he
0: doesn't want to play for them, and they, the return that they can get back is incredible. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, the
1: Flakers are going to give them their whole team just for one guy. yep it's like it's like selling your house and all your assets or whatever for like a couch. Like honestly. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Davis is a couch, you're gonna give up your million dollar house with your backyard for that one for like one couch.
0: It's an interesting analogy. Okay, it's time for the history lesson, boys and girls. where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week? Thirty nine years ago today, May eleventh, Pete Rose stole second, third and home in one inning at age 39, Rose is the all-time leader in hits, but due to betting on baseball, he is not in the Hall of Fame. All right, 36 years ago today, Monday, May
1: 13th. Uh, or, yeah, 36 years ago on Monday, May 13th, Randy <laughs> Jackson became the first hitter to strike out 2,000 times. Jackson has a reputation for being a great slugger, but strikeouts came in bunches for this man. Uh, I'll take the next one, uh, to 78 years to go. Wednesday, May 15th, Joe DiMaggio began his 56 game hitting streak. DiMaggio's legendary streak is regarded as one of his few unbreakable ones, and no one in LB has ever come close.
0: No, not at all. One year ago, Friday, May 17th, Michigan State University agreed to pay $500 million in claims to 300 survivors of sexual assault from former gymnastics coach Larry Nasser. The survivors have since received the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage at last year's SB Awards. And with that... The show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. We're going to talk hockey playoffs later. I know, it's shocking. But we'll start with this. On Sunday Night Baseball tomorrow night, the Brewers and Cubs score out that Wrigley, with Elise Chasten and John Lester pitching. Michael, who are you taking in this one?
1: Uh, I like the Brewers better as a team. I think that, um, I, but I think that uh, this is what, I think that the Cubs will win just because they're at home. I think they have a better starter. Um. And I I don't know. I think that would be, that's, that's going to be a really good game. A game between the Brewers and the Cubs should be a good one. But I think that uh, I can. I think that the Cubs will win just because of the fact that they have a better pitcher and uh, they're at home.
0: I I still think the Cubs have a great lineup from when they won the World Series two years ago. And this is a former. This is my guy, John Lester, pitching who carried the Red Sox to two World Series championships with his arm. I mean, not really carried, but. Played a vital part in the 07 and 13 championship teams. I'm taking the Cubs to win this game. We've seen John Lester excel in prime time. Chicago. All
1: right. Next up, the first hockey game. Uh, the San Jose Sharks host Game One with the St. Louis Blues at seven o'clock. Liam, who wins Game One?
0: I like this. I like the Sharks in this one. I think the Blues will go on to win the series, but the Sharks are coming off, uh, or the Sharks' captain Joe Pavelski. Played his first game back in game seven against the Colorado Avalanche. So I think that pa- Pavelski is going to have another big game. I think that the Sharks are going to win game one and go up in the series one. No, I don't know. I don't know how much you know, so let's hear it. Yeah, I think
1: that uh, they're going to win as well. Uh, Pavelski is going to have a great
0: game. <laughs> I really don't know that much about hockey, but I, I'll agree with you. I'll take your word for it. Last one Mother's Day at two o'clock. The Boston Bruins host the Carolina Hurricanes in Game Two, up 1-0. Michael, will my guys make it 2-0? Uh, I hope so. How do
1: really
0: know? Oh, you're day. you're actually sticking with my guys. I can't believe it. Yeah, I hope. Okay, now now I'll offer some reasoning behind it. The Bruins' power play was on fire in Game Three, in Game One, especially in the third period. Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pastrnak are starting to play like themselves again. That killer top line. The Bruins are getting Charlie McAvoy back off of a one-game suspension. I think that the Bruins are going to win game two to go up 2 nothing going to Carolina.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> folks, here's the i a really nice power play. Uh, that's all I have for today.
0: I'm Michael McGinnis. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Michael for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Podcast, and if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.